All right, go to the Whiskey Slews podcast today. We're doing something a little bit different. I've got the four of us here. We're going to do a So You Want to Buy Land podcast where we kind of jump through all the hurdles and the loop and kind of run through the story of what it took for us to get to where we were to be able to buy the land that we have. So, um, I mean, I'm here with Justin, Grant, Sam, same four as always. No guests today, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty, pretty laid back. We're just going to I started the very beginning when we actually ended up the property that we ended up purchasing which uh the basic details of it it's about 150 acres 80 acres of agricultural land and 70 acres of accretion or platte river land with a little bit of uh, grassland and like natural habitat land mixed in with that um <clears throat> situated along the platte river obviously and it's uh i mean that's pretty base details am i missing any i mean no um had a blind on it. Oh, it had a blind. Um, yeah, had a blind. The blind needed a little bit of love. And, uh, needed it restarted. Just, it didn't just need yeah, a little bit of love. It was terrible. But, yeah. <clears throat> anyways, the property, the whole thing kind of dates back to, uh, the beginning of the last hunting season, be the 21 22 season. We were actually trying to find some leases, uh, for guiding, for hunting, and ended up talking to the people who we ended up purchasing it from about a lease and it just so happens that they uh the lease just didn't end up working out for that year but the wife mentioned to me one day when i was there she was casual she was just like you want to lease it well how about you just buy it and i was like well you know okay let's talk and we nothing came of it and um i mean it'd been it probably been a whole year at least. It, it was because that was like in what like that was in like June when it, we talked to him like before the twenty one twenty two season <laughs> mm-hmm. though, and then we talked to him a little bit maybe in like we we'd been frequent flyers at the door. It was somewhere we'd been trying to get into to hunt for for quite a while. But then yeah, so then the season happened. Duck season ended, and it was yeah, it was January of that season. At um, Grant talking to the guy at the ag the ag guy at the re- or the real estate company yeah right? so like basically it was a deal where <coughs> i was calling somebody else about something else hunting a different spot and then i just got to bsing with him pretty much about their spot because he had at one point the property was listed with them for more than what we bought uh, like the whole thing all at once and then pretty much from there it uh it kind of just ended up being a thing of hey you think they'd be interested in parceling that off and he goes sure i don't know why they wouldn't be like they didn't sell it before so and jump back though originally two years ago they tried to sell the whole property yeah including the house a it was bunch probably of like 300 land, plus acres three or four acres it had farmland it had multiple fields it had it was a very big property new and fence i mean everything was nobody could uh nobody could purchase that land no or nobody chose to and so yeah fast forward to the to the uh grant going to the door and trying to talk to them about that and parceling it yeah pretty much went over there and was like hey we are good to go for this amount on a loan already for land went talked to him it wasn't really the husband's decision it was the wife's decision more so because it was her family's land and then um 
I talked to him for all of 10 minutes on the front porch and he was like, I'll, I'll run it by her and, and I'll call you back or shoot you a text if she's interested at all or whatever. And it seemed like I wasn't even back to town yet. And I'd already had a text, but I wasn't on my phone until I got into town to my house, sat down on the couch. And then I was like, Oh crap. I missed a text already from him saying, okay, come back and talk. (laughs) And, uh, so it kind of just took off from there really on that. I think like I went there and talked to her for maybe 20, 30 minutes, called Hunter and Justin right after everybody was basically losing their mind. Um, about the possibility of it even before we really even knew that much um and then what maybe like that same weekend you guys drove all the way back from lincoln yeah we didn't even make it to the weekend we we started talking we're like yeah let's just let's skip class let's just go back and and see what's going on what we can do um who we can talk to what we can figure out let's make it happen so if you think back to then we get a, we get she says yes we'll buy it the very first thing that has to happen is they had to get back a hold of the real estate guy and so when they went and got back a hold of the real estate guy they said hey we're gonna sell you're gonna broker this deal right yep for them that was their first thing no prices were discussed we knew kind of what they were wanting just so happened that their price that they wanted is about exactly what we wanted to pay magically but um, we knew kind of where things were, and they decided that, you know, obviously through the brokers how they were going to go. Ball comes back to our court. Very first thing we had to do, had to talk about how we're going to acquire a loan. So for that, that's where my job started. I jumped in <clears throat> right then and there. By this time, it wasn't solely my job. It was everybody was all working towards the same job. It hadn't been fully delegated to what it is now, but we started working spreadsheets. We had to have numbers that could show how this business could be profitable to show to a bank. Because if you just walk into a bank and say, hey, my name's Bob, I'd like a loan, you're going to get laughed out of the bank. You got to have details and you got to be able to prove why your business is worthy because it's a business loan as just as much as it is a land loan. Having uh, been laughed out of a few banks and my name being bob i can't can't confirm that is how it goes yeah so, what what do we go to how many banks before well hold we... on hold on first thing you do is you got to create you got to create a like a potential analysis or like a benefit analysis that shows like the property rundown is what i called it and what it was is it shows you how much money everything is going to cost on the property versus how many groups of hunters and how much hunting can be done on that property and how much money that can make you because obviously you can't all hunt on one property that's just not how that works no guide service that is successful hunts only on one property and um you have to be able to factor in you know that's where all the data comes in it's i gotta have this amount of money in leases this amount of money and all my overhead expenses i've got to buy all this stuff roundabout numbers this is what i got (laughs) here's what we're thinking and you know at that point it was you know some something in the in the you know six figure range for expenses and it was like well now we have this much expenses how much can this business net us and so then it turned into a cost income analysis with a cost benefit 
reflection that showed how much money the company can make in a given period of time with the middle high low i did i did like 40 60 75 percent of a full season and did all those numbers and showed all of them for exclusive groups and all the dates i mean you run all of that back that is all the pre preparation we had to do to even get in the door of the bank and um yeah the first thing we did after that was obviously go to a bank and <laughs> The, the very first bank we went to, I don't know if y'all remember it. I remember it. The one in Central Kearney, up top, uh, <laughs> on the top of the hill by yeah, Kearney. Yeah, we waited like 30 minutes per meeting. Yeah. So and had I'll a 10-minute yeah. meeting and got oh, like... Oh, 10 minutes? That's a fucking stretch. Got like laughed at, basically. I'll bet we... So got told to fuck off. Mr. 30 percenter Yeah, Mr. 30 percent Oh, my God. We walk into that room, and he goes, well, you got 30 percent in cash? Mind you, I'm in college. Hunters in college. Grant just graduated. The size of loan we're asking for to have 30% in cash at that position in life that you want to spend on that, let alone, is absolutely ridiculous. And yeah. this guy was just like, we're like, no, can, can we have a serious conversation? Like, just hear us out. And he was just like, nope, bye. It yeah. was like, all right, man. The nice bare, to see the you, The bare too. minimum, when we say 30, 30%, you're not talking much. You're not talking much short of six figures is what we would have had to have in cash to meet up with that guy. I don't know if you know a lot of you know most most twenty one twenty two year olds don't have that much money in cash lying around. I had like three grand in my checking account at that point. Something like that. <laughs> so, first bank, big bust. Second bank was. A bust, but a, a small bust. And then <laughs> the third bank was actually the bank that ended up doing the whole thing. That that's that's our bank now. But when we first went in there, we met the gentleman, greatest dude, nicest guy, and the dude was a little bit into hunting. He didn't hunt a lot, but he got it. He understood it. He was he was young. He was a hungry business banker man, kind of like us. Gave well, we gave him the pitch. And a lot, I mean, how the fuck, we were there for two hours, probably. Yeah. Give it not more than that. We, we all were, thought it went great, and then, like, it was, like, transitioning, like, two weeks later, we hadn't heard anything back. And then, like, we were, like, at one point, like, oh, we're going through a different bank. And then, because we hadn't heard anything back from him. So, by then, we had to head over to, you know, hadn't heard anything back from them in a couple weeks. We were heading over to a couple other banks. We ended up actually talking to a bank that was really good. It looked really good. It was Grant knew them, family friends, kind of. Well, family worked with them before. It was a great, great, great idea. And we got through the door with them, talking a lot, had a great conversation, and it got to the point of where we were thinking that that might be the one. Went on. We decided we were going to go jump out to a couple other banks and hopefully try to find, you know, maybe a few backup plans. Our idea was to have enough plans to be able to, you know, one falls through, another falls through, still have a place to go. At that point, two weeks had gone by. I think we'd, we start doing purchase agreement with them. We make, I think we, we, made we the, were getting to the point think, where we had to be able to show the money pretty quick. I think the first offer, we made the first offer about two weeks from that whole thing. The first offer we went in, we actually sent them a little bit lower offer to start with, just trying to test the waters. And um, we got, got rebounded with a little bit higher price. 
and um, one more middle offer. And uh, by then we were we were starting to think, oh man, you know, we're about to hit the spot of this is time to pull the trigger. We need a bank, and um, we hadn't heard nothing. We went to this final meeting with the one bank that was Grant's family or that Grant knew, Grant's family knew, and we thought this is gonna be this is gonna be it. We we're trying to finalize stuff, trying to figure it all out, and they went kind of cold turkey on us when we had our last meeting. I don't, would they, they didn't, they didn't like fully tell us no, but it, they started adding, no, it was just, they started they adding parameters and they started wanting more information and more information. And you could just tell that they were like, you could tell it's like the out of their comfortable business, zone, but they weren't comfort, comfortable with it. Their, their biggest concern was the fact that we were three young people who, we're trying to go out and start a company and you know the statistics when you look at it making a company work a big the hardest part is just getting along with each other and if you have issues and you've got land tied up between three people and you all split up it's just a mess with the loan especially when the business is the plan to pay for it and so they looked at it as what are these guys actually going to be able to stick together for that long a period are they actually going to be able to make it work are they actually going to get along there's not enough history for them and it, it just had them nervous they weren't weren't ready to just jump off the deep end and take that risk with us but at the same time we needed somebody who was yeah so sam were you you were just kind of starting to get in the know of everything not even really yeah. by that even I, then you were still very very early i, I mean we just kind of talked to you i think you were cutting trees and graduated graduated grass. from college just working man cutting trees spraying weeds releasing pheasants that's what i was doing so by then we were leaving that bank i mean hearts basically shattered cuz we were like there is no way this is going to work and the other backup bank that we had they were the same thing they were like if we absolutely needed to we could maybe pull something off the one we were banking on was the one that we thought we were never going to hear from again. And we were driving, we were literally driving back to Kearney from Minden, just in the town of Minden, leaving. And we get a call from the banker, and he goes, Hey, I am so sorry it took me this long to get a hold of you guys. I got swamped. Can you guys come in? I want to talk about it. And it was just like out of left field, life saved, crisis averted. We peeled out straight to Kearney, got to the bank sat down went over more numbers and um the actual biggest thing is is we didn't have the down payment it's tough to buy land without a 20 percent down payment buy anything but luckily for us we were able to find a solution and we had a whole business plan the way for our business to kind of be the down payment is a whole you know intricate situation that i'm not going to get into but a way for us to have the business basically pay for itself and then have liability and everything all covered with the business plan. And without that, we wouldn't have been able to get it. And we showed, we sh cause when we came in, that was his first question was how do you guys intend to get, get me some skin in the game? So we did, we put some money on the, we put some money down, but then, like I said, we had that alternative plan that got us in the rest of the door. And we told him that, and he thought he, his words to us were, is, I have not heard of somebody think of an idea in that way before. 
for a loan. He and was the thing really. That you you got to keep in mind. He, we've been talking a lot about that twenty percent now, and we've been talking a lot about the bank, you know, being safe. And I kind of to give a little bit more background on that for a lot of you guys, if you're not familiar with it. Like when when you buy land, land is a pretty solid asset. So usually you can use the land against a lot of your loan um, the instant you buy it. But they they only can take like seventy percent of that, eighty percent of that as your collateral of the property you're buying. And so that just kind of covers them in case the market crashes, whatever, and you're forced to sell the property, the loan's still paid off. So they need some guarantee of assurance that they're not going to lose their ass. And so a lot of times that's where they start coming in with, can you give me something that's worth 20% of the value? Can you put down 20% in cash? What can you do to show me that the bank's money will be safe with you? And, you know, you look at our demographic, we're younger, new company, everything kind of screams high risk to a bank. So trying to show them a, a, a model that's going to make that happen is, is not necessarily an easy task to do, not necessarily um, something that's conventional. And so that was kind of where that came in is you had to figure out a way to say, hey, your money is safe with us. This is why. This is how we can guarantee it. Basically, it took us hours upon hours of, spreadsheeting theoretical analysis future analysis what if scenarios what if what this if happens what scenarios because a banker's gonna ask you questions and you gotta He's be gonna ready go, for all of them you know what if the river floods what if the river goes dry <laughs> what if your well goes out? what if your well goes out you know and you gotta have an answer uh not even a theoretical and a statistical answer for every single one of those questions. And it, the words, I don't know, they don't fly at the banker when you're, if you're someone like us trying to do this. So when I say that we spent, all three of us spent countless nights preparing and preparing and preparing just to be able to have the chance to pitch our sale to a guy. Because something to keep in mind is like when, when they're asking those questions, they're not necessarily asking them because they expect you to have a perfect answer all the time. There are a lot of times just ask him to see, have you thought this through? Have you looked into this? What what might be a solution to this? Because at the end of the day, they're always going to be there to work with you to help you find a solution if you have a good banker. And keywords, on that keywords, keywords. Have a good banker. <laughs> let, let me let me also state this: there can sometimes be a lot of people that can give you a loan. Make sure you go through the one who's going to be there for you, because um, something's going to happen at some point. Yeah. But. They don't want to ask you, if you get hit with a $20,000 bill or a $10,000 bill, and you just say, well, I'm coming back in for another loan, that, that's going to scare them. Because they're like, we can't just write you money forever. So you got to have answers to things, and you, you've got to prove that, yes, you've done your homework, you've researched it, you have a plan, you've thought of a lot of problem scenarios, and you, you're, you're prepared. Otherwise, they just see you as a risk, and there's no sense in them giving their money to somebody that's going to be a high risk. Yeah, and so lots of preparation. After all that, though, we had that meeting with the banker, gave him all the details, all the information. It was basically, he didn't, like, sign, sign or guarantee it, but we knew. We knew he basically hinted at it that it was going to happen. And leaving that meeting that day was... Uh, probably the high one of the highest highs of our lives well one of the lowest lows combined into the highest high 
you know what I mean, just turned into of a day. And Sam, it would have been cool to have you there, not going to lie. would have been kind of fun. We were, that day, we, what did we do that day? I think we went out, got, you know, we got dinner, obviously got hammered. I mean, it was just a celebration day. I guarantee you, while you guys were on your highest high, I guarantee you, I was about on my lowest low. Yeah, you were, you were, you were having some real, real uh, fun days at that point. Hey, but on the bright side, this will be a, a topic for a different day. But you've been getting to go to the the new meetings with us, so that's been that's been yeah. fun. Yeah. Same banker, new meetings, new topic, but that's a topic for a different day. That is. That might be here soon. Um, with all of that being said, once we knew we were gonna get it, then starts the the whole oh, next. Not a whole new problems. Yeah. Whole <laughs> so, new set of problems. Price was matched. Or, I mean, offer was made, price was agreed upon, purchase agreement was set. On the purchase agreement, it had all the property, obviously, all the acres that are irrigated, all the acres that aren't, all the possible dry land acres. We had none. What was included as for assets, like the wells and the pipe and some stuff like that. Had After, to go out there and count every piece of pipe. Oh, yeah. After. I went out there with a the guy, counted like... Just this, just this giant overflowing stack of pipe that was just, everywhere because the wind came through and blew it into the fans. It was into the blown trees. off a trailer. <laughs> he goes, "Well, just make a good estimate." And I was like, "How's a hundred and something sound? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah, sounds accurate to uh, me." So after all that was said and done, we had the property purchase agreement, and then what started? We had to pay the broker. What was it? A certain amount of money for like a. A guarantee? Yeah, so um, a lot of times it with, with anything, it, it's like a deposit. Uh, it's like a deposit. It's like a guarantee deposit. It's a guarantor, but I can't remember what it's. it's some, there's a special name for it. Basically, we had to pay him like five grand to tell him that we were we were in it. Yeah, for, they, in they it hold for, your money to, as proof if, that you're if serious. If we pull out, we don't get it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. I think it's a personal guarantor or something. No, like that. It, he had some word for it. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. Either. Anyways, <laughs> had to pay that. Then after that, we had to get the land surveyed. <laughs> that that in was... and of itself was a whole topic. When you're getting land surveyed, do your research on who is surveying your land. What? Let me make one more comment on that. When when you look at who's gonna do your land. Don't necessarily go for the guy that can get there the soonest. Don't if go timetable-wise. If, if you have to get somebody that's not going to close by the end of your sale, push like go in and try to push the sale back before you just be like, oh, this guy says he can do it. Just my, my two I think cents. I'll tell you what. Next time, though, when you go to buy the land, we'll have a surveyor set up beforehand. Yeah, schedule them before you even go to buy the land, and then you can cancel we wouldn't have that problem. you have to, but... Then if it goes through, so, you're ready to rock and roll right away. Allow me to update the time frame, too. This is probably about, I think it's actually like March 1st now. This whole thing started in the last weekend of January. It's now March 1st. It's a long process. The property close date was May 1st, right? Somewhere, yeah. It, no, it was exactly May 1st. I know this because... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, we... Uh, talked to the surveyor and he was like yeah i can be out there in the next week and a half and we were like all right sure i talked to him on the phone i will say he sounded a little greasy on the phone i didn't i didn't think anything of it i just thought man as long as he can do his fucking job we'll be fine and uh he was very confident he'd do his job god what was the first problem he ran into 
Um, oh, I, I can tell you right post. now. Oh, there's that. But here, the first part was they couldn't find the mark. But my favorite one, right in the beginning of when he when we had the first issue, was he sent these these guys, younger guys out there. Yeah, there was survey. two guys. I met them out there. And their equipment wouldn't work um, to do the survey, and so they had to go back. And we just assumed they'd reschedule, and they just completely forgot to reschedule. That was. That was, that was the well, first one. Well, they said they'd just come back out like later that week, and they just never came. Yeah, back they just out. never came back out. Never talked to us. Never. He he never himself called us to say what was going on. It was, it was something, man. It was. By then he couldn't. But then he they couldn't find the the corners. No, and the the corners were a weird deal. I'll, I'll give him a little bit of benefit on the doubt there, but it it was bad. If you think about that though, by then we were starting to have communication problems dude was lying to us the dude was telling us stuff that was not true we were we were being told timetables that were incorrect so on so forth and now enter in the closing what's the the title company the title company yeah yeah, enter enter in the title company they're processing the sale taking the actual payment transferring it to the sellers and giving us the title, transferring all the land, paperwork, doing all that back end. Now they can't do their end until the surveyor does their end, uh, does his end. Tell well, us. the surveyor was telling us they can't do stuff on his end until the title company does their end. And so you can see the shit show that was starting to form of who the fuck needs to do what so we can get this over with. And yeah. by then we were really fed up with the surveyor. We were having a lot of problems. I had gone in and chewed some ass a few too many times, and we were—I mean, by then you're talking—it was—it was May first. I mean, you're you, talking you were two months at, on the verge of almost going to lose the sale because the survey kept pushing back the closing date, which really annoys the sellers, and that causes headaches. And then we kind of started to run into some other issues because of it, which we can talk about a little later too. But uh, it just—it started to cause a lot of headaches, and it. Again, when you choose a surveyor, one, start lining them up the same time you're starting to line your banker up. Because it's easier for them to adjust once they know it's coming. Or if, or you can just pay the fee if you decide not to, to buy the property and just eat a little bit of a loss and it'll be well worth your headache. Um, but really make sure you know who's doing it and their reputation. And it doesn't hurt to talk to your, your broker, talk to... A few people and just whoever they say, just go with them. <laughs> that, that's that's about all I gotta say on that. Yeah. So we push back from May first to June first now. I'll bet. I bet at this point I'm taking. I'm calling five different people about every single day. I'm calling the surveyor. I'm calling the banker. I'm calling the title company. I'm calling the the land broker, and then I'm calling all of the guys, and um, Justin and Grant. And I mean, fuck, man. Every single day I'd get an answer and I'd be like, next week. And then we'd run into a problem. I mean, literally everything you can think of with the survey. First it was the corners. Then it was, what was what was after the corners? Something with county stuff, wasn't Something it? with the county. They were waiting on the county. Trent, yeah, the guy at the county to go out and do something. The guy at the county was taking a long time. Then... Oh, it was just one one thing after, after the county, 
Oh, then oh, we had all the yeah, errors. I remember it now. So then, yeah, that happened, and then we got it back, and we got uh, we got a we got a what's it called like a a rough draft, a draft, and we sent the draft over. And the title company looked at the draft and was like, and they're not even supposed to have to look at them. Let me let me clarify that. Like, they usually just file them. Yeah. And the title company looked at the draft and goes, first of all, there are sixty-five spelling errors in the legal description. Second of all, these points are off. The degrees are wrong. And sent me back. I'll bet it was a. I'll bet there was. No shit, probably 60, 70 errors on this whole survey that the title company corrected with red pen and sent back to us. And I sent it to the surveyor and was just, I was livid on this dude. I unloaded on this guy when I had to call him to tell him this. And um, he just, you know, oh, I'm doing this other survey. I can't get to it till at least next week. I'm out of town. I'm on vacation. I mean, whatever the fuck you could think of was coming up. And by then, enter in our our attorney who's writing up easement access because to get down to our property, we had to have easement roads. Enter in, the attorney has to have the easement roads so the surveyor can file the easement roads. The surveyor wasn't adding the easement roads into the survey. By now, it's fucking May 30th, May May 20th. Now we're going to July 1st, thinking this is seriously never going to happen back to a really low point in life. Sam, were you even in on this? Did you know anything about this by then? No. This is all new information to me. So, <laughs> after all that happened, then fucking... What did he do? What happened then? Oh, what? Bob war. called the state. Well, basically. Yeah. That, that happened. And yeah. What, we, what did we call the state about? Well, he was failing to hit his term of the of the agreement we had with him, and so I called that, the state that, too. That 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 becomes no. A, I a called the state because he got mad at me. Yeah, I called the state on his ass. Yep. And I was like, this guy is not doing his job. And um, then that guy got really upset that I called the state on him, and so he refused to talk to me for the rest of the sale. He would only talk to Justin or Grant. He wouldn't talk to me anymore. Yep. And so it, long story short, became a lot messier than it needed to be. Um, but we had the property we were trying to buy, like we mentioned earlier, originally it was one whole property they wanted to sell. And so somebody was buying some of the pasture land for cattle and stuff. And, well, they're needing to know some of our survey points. Well, our survey is not coming where it's at. And they're trying to get all these sales worked. And it's just it just started to become what should have been no issue at all and a simple one-week deal became a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so, but then we got through the survey. And By of. this, too, add in the fact that the property that we purchased is actually, it has a conservation easement on it. Conservation easement is just a state that has a statute of limitations on what you can and cannot do on the property. For example, we cannot go build a house on our land. You would never want to because it's a floodplain and it's in fucking shitty soil and all of that, but you can't build a house. <coughs> We can't go build a shop. We can't build stuff out there. We have limitations as to what we can do. The reason we bought it, obviously, is to turn it into a waterfowl property, which is exactly what the conservation easement is aimed for, conservation habitat restoration. And so 
add that in, adding in the easements. We thought about we were going to have two easement roads into the property, but due to the conservation easement, we couldn't have one of the easement roads, had to rewrite that. And every single time we needed him to adjust the survey, you were talking three to five days. Bare minimum. Bare bare minimum. Bare and minimum. It, like, I mean, it could have been something as far as changing a number, <coughs> and it was going to take a while. So with that being said, all of that culminated to us pushing like i said to july 1st and um shit what was it middle of like late june right at the end of everything late june getting down to the wire survey finally came in and it was correct title company saw title company approved it title company was able to file (coughs) the the deed of sale and all that with the county county approved everything the other thing to note at this point when when he keeps talking about that date that was kind of where we were starting to get pressure from the seller that this is your final extension like either get it together or you may not be getting the property so we're stressed out to the max at this point you know you've went months and months on working towards something it's just it, it was getting to be pretty stressful by then, I wasn't even on speaking terms with our surveyor. <laughs> Bob was doing a lot of the communicating with the surveyor. I was working on the title company and the and the real estate agent and everything. And it was just... When the real estate agent tells you it was one of the most complicated, frustrating sales he's ever seen in his, like, what, 40-some years? 40 or, or 50 like years that? on the job? He was like, this was absolutely ridiculous. And I was just like, yeah. At one point, we were honestly about to get another surveyor. We were like that bad that we were. It was. It literally was one of those deals. I remember discussing it when we were like, you know, we could get another one and it'll be like two months. But surely he can't take more than those two more months from where he's at now. Because mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a two-week deal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was a mistake then it was uh and then it just became a do we still try to get somebody new or can he actually get this done at some point sooner than because <laughs> at that point every surveyor had at least a two-month waiting list even look at things and none of them a lot of them knew him so they didn't want to start with his survey they wanted to start from scratch so that just became a mess too yeah he was not well liked in the surveyor community actually he was the laughing stock of the surveyor community do your research folks please look into who you uh who you contract before you contract them after all of that though um we finally got a date title company said july 1st we're good bank said july 1st we're good so on july 1st 22 we walked into the bank a lot of paperwork in hand. A lot, like 50 pages. Oh, yeah. Went to this nice little conference room, sat down with the banker. We were all dressed up, way more than we probably should have been. Signed the papers right then and there. And uh, we signed the loan agreement. We signed the purchase or the, uh, the price or the purchase agreement. We signed some title company stuff. That was it. <laughs> and then it had to go and get approved, though, still, didn't it? Because it was a few days even before, like, yeah. 
we had like transfers no, and all that stuff. The had title be. company, all that stuff got approved before we went to the bank and signed. But the transfers of like money to. Yeah, that all was happening, but we had technically owned the property by then. Yes. So on July 1st, we made, we made the first journey out to the land for the first time since the last time I was out there when we goose hunted on it back in January. We got to see everything. It was just a, just another high for us, to say the least. river was yeah. almost dry. We were so <laughs> happy we were going to go sit in the one foot of water on the river and hang out. <laughs> And it was warm. Get the property, first time in 90 years that river goes dry like that, yeah. like for that long. It was warm. Yeah. Really and, warm. And this, this is about where I enter in. I just enter in and go, hey, look at this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember you coming nice. out that first day. We're sitting there. We were Venice. pretty content with life. We, we had a couple coolers, a couple lawn chairs, in the middle of our uh, sand desert that's supposed to be a river. And about the only thing in it is your big toe because that's all the water left. But when I tell you, I just showed up. I literally had no idea. Like this entire podcast, and I mean, I knew some details, not the extent of anything. No, I just showed up. It was all right. Hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Sam, you want a beer? Uh, yeah, that was my extent. By then, though, we were, we were ecstatic talking to all sorts of people but you know we when you're purchasing land you obviously want to be like yo we're gonna own land but you can't go tell people that if it's not gonna happen so like this whole time we were like wanting to tell our families and tell our friends and all of our people that were like this is gonna be our land but we were like well it might not be you know will it actually be after a certain certain period basically once we got to that late june and we once we got the survey in hand it was kind of like okay breathe we we got this this is gonna happen and then it was tell everybody that you got the land start i mean literally it was two days after we got it i'm pretty sure bob started ripping down that duck blind right kind of um so to give you a little backstory the duck blind got hit in a flood and a lot of the wood was rotten out and we walked in there and we're like i think we can kind of fix this thing up and it'll it'll be fine and we step up on the like shooting deck to look out the window and go straight through the shooting deck and into the floor <laughs> yeah and we're like surely it's just like that one spot right i can patch can that step on the next board go through we look at each other and we're like oh shit we look out there they've got these old barber chairs in the blind that weigh like 300 freaking pounds not actually but they felt like it when you had to drag them across the river and just i mean the amount of stuff in the blind that the blind was built of whatever i mean we pretty much by the time it got said and done we took it down to the old floor and then built a new floor right on top of the old floor um you can still see the old floor, some of it, what was left, what, what didn't rot away. But you, you, like, went to stand on it. It was bad. And so we were like, we can't even use the floor. We've got to rebuild off the floor. Like, you can – we built right on top of it because it was flatter to build on that than on sand. But it – let me tell you. By then – It was something. It was break out the sawzall, the hammers, and just rip the bitch apart. And I don't even know how many trips of fucking we walked out of there with sleds full of lumber. I just remember the day that I was starting to cut it with a sawzall apart for the first time. And I got like halfway through these walls and got absolutely pissed off that they weren't coming apart. 
and I pull up with the four wheeler and I just tie a rope to him. And I thought this four wheeler will pull this wall down. And I just took off. Like this blind is rotten. And I took off hauling ass and the four wheeler just goes right on his back two tires. About roll the son of a gun and that wall doesn't even budge. And I'm like, this is going to be a long process. A lot longer than I thought. And it, it took a long time. That thing was buried in brush, sand. All sorts of different screws used for it. Dead duck maybe here or there. I found a goose like, carcass, like boned up goose found carcass. Found old goose flapper buried in the sand. A found lucky spinners, goose. I think we ended found, up throwing that away. Found four duck calls. Away. Found all sorts of stuff. Enough, was it natty light? Keystone. Enough keystone light. To keep you in business for a while. Satisfy for a long time. Holy fuck. But, uh, <coughs> no, that, that was a, a real process, um. And, I mean, that kind of goes back to the other side of, you know, besides just the actual, when you you just you find a piece of property you want and trying to actually get it bought and everything there, then you got to look at the flip side of the coin, too. Once I get this, what does it take to keep this property? What goes into it for maintenance, you know? For us, you know, you got a lot of blind building. You've got a lot of weed management. You've got a lot of road management. Um, just all sorts of different things. You're going to have a lot of yearly maintenance costs and then it's kind of like we said when you're meeting with your banker what if a well goes out what if something else goes out i mean there's a lot of not necessarily downsides but there's a lot of things you got to keep in mind that come with the actual purchase like buying land is a a wonderful opportunity it's a great thing but you also got to make sure that you're prepared for what comes once you get it there's there's a lot of labor that goes into it a lot of love a lot of money a lot of hours so at what point, Sam, at what point were you finally in the know? Was it like, was it the day we bought it or? I think you guys had just bought it and, or no, no, no. What ha- what was happening was it was, it was spring and I was turkey hunting with Justin. I didn't know anything about the river at the time. Justin kind of brought up a little bit. He's like, well, we're, you know, we're planning on hitting, hitting it pretty hard this year you know, with the guiding, and all right, well, you know, like, if you guys ever need help, let me know, you know, obviously, you guys knowing that I had the same passion for waterfowl hunting as you guys, and so, I don't know, kind of got mentioned to me there, started talking to Justin a little bit more, started talking to you, Hunter, a little bit more, barely knew you, Grant, barely, I mean, barely knew you, (laughs) and... Uh, go along, summer progresses, still talking to you guys a little bit, nothing crazy because I'm busy doing my own things. And I think you guys, you said something about, this kind of when it was winding down, you guys got the land and you're like, oh, you want to come out here? It was like, oh, you guys, like, you actually bought the land. Yeah, yeah, I'll come <laughs> out here. Yeah, so I came out. Have a few out. doubts did you in the beginning? I did. No, not really. It wasn't like <laughs> I, I was going to say I did. It wasn't like I had any doubts because I didn't know, I didn't know what, you know, I'm not a financial guru. I don't know what goes into it. I don't, you know, I'm just there. I'm just out here. I'm just out here, you know, and I show up. It's like, yeah, it's going to be legit now. Ain't no going <laughs> back. Like I, I may not be an owner, but. I remember yeah. at that point when you were. Still working for the game parks there. I remember in spring and turkey season, like you said, I can just remember now 
how we'd go out turkey hunting and then me and hunter would sit there and talk like man i wish we could have him working for us you know like in the future and we were sitting there and not necessarily for but i should say with but we were sitting there talking about it and it was like man that'd be cool but it just it isn't going to be realistic for forever and then things just spiraled so fast that it was pretty cool to be able to say hey you you want to come hunt hunt with us and call mm-hmm. it work yeah like, yeah no i mean it took me a while because i mean just like you guys i mean you went to college you took a risk like yeah i'm not an owner so if like if shit were to ever the market crashes things go down it's not like it's gonna kill me but it's still you know i still went to college i still got my degree like there's still a risk that goes with what I'm doing because time is valuable, right? You know? Yep. So whether I was doing this for a couple years or a year or whatever, you know, like that's time I'm not getting back. But for me, just like you guys, it was like, well, I can't be an owner, but how can I make an impact? How can this blow up and be something that is my life? And seeing that you guys got the river property, that was a big, like, okay, it's all wheels running. It's not just half-ass, you know, clients show up, we take them out hunting, they're staying, they're doing their own lodging, their own shit, you know. No, it's, we're doing the meals, we're processing birds, the whole shebang, you know. So I knew it was serious. New decoys, some fantastic new clothing to try. I mean, mean, everything dude. I, that that was at the point where I was like talking to my parents like hey I got offered an opportunity <laughs> to do this and they're like well, what what the fuck's that like how you know like you gonna make like are you gonna be able to make a living off of this you know and you, you know I'm trying to explain things to them as best as to my knowledge as yeah I can. yep and that's not an easy conversation to be had when you get out of college. And you're kind of rolling on wheels. I mean, I've been all over the place. North Dakota, South Dakota, gaming parks here in Nebraska, just doing all sorts of shit. But, you know, growing up, I, like, when I got into duck hunting and got more into it, it was like, man, I would love to do this for a living. I don't know how. I don't know where. Whether it's business, whether it's actual hunting, just whatever. And so when the opportunity came up, I saw you guys. I mean, I just saw how serious it was getting, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm. This is this is this is what I want to do for a living. So, what was it like? Not at. even like. I think you. Yeah, you you came to Arkansas with us. You weren't even officially working for us. No, yeah, no. We, we were running those those the oh, business yeah. deal with Weatherby came up and the final approach deal, and it was all of a sudden it was. All right, now I'm getting all these clothes. I'm getting this gun. It's like I hope. <laughs> it's like I hope. Hopefully this all works. I'm here now. <laughs> well, at that time, it was more of just like, I still was in the mindset of like, oh, well, I'll probably only just be needed for, you know, half the season or whatever. Because at that time, I was like, guys, I'm on a, like, not necessarily a contract, but I'm on, I yeah. guess you could def- you well, could I mean, kind of call oh, it a contract yeah. to we work even, through December. Yeah, you weren't even. No, we, we were talking about just having you help on the weekends when you weren't working your Monday through Thursday job. Fuck, I, I forgot about and, that. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when did we? I think we'd. Uh, I think we tried to get you to do we that. We tried, but, but it was. I think we. I think we were working towards that before we went to Arkansas. 
We were. I think, so. I think he, I'm I think pretty he sure because right I'm thinking for that. us. I'm like I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have fought so hard to no, get you in on those he, deals. Agreed, but if you weren't going to be there for the whole still season, like a little, little. Tentative. I don't think he'd officially put he in his told two his months boss. yet. Yeah, he hadn't told his <laughs> boss. No, he knew yet. what he was doing. But. I was like, because I told him I was going to Arkansas, and I had gave him kind of like a little bit of input on what was kind of progressing, like saying, hey. You know, like on the weekends, I'm gonna be doing this. You know, just like, <laughs> and he weekend. know he knew all how much I he knew how much I was a waterfowl nut, and eventually I got back from the show. You know, he asked about the show, told him it was a good show. You know, like, hey, I quit. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I got a few prescribed burns under my belt. About died once. Did he shove you in the fucking in the burn burn machine? You had to burn prescribed burn for like your last three days. Uh, like the last four, but yeah, <laughs> the, the last one where you about died on the freaking. No, ground. I mean honestly, he took it real well. He if I kill he him, knew. I kill him. <laughs> I dies, told him. I told him what I was gonna do, and he was like, "Nah, he, that's he, he, that's really fucking cool. Like you're, you gotta just go do what you want to do for your for your living." It's like if it. I wish you the best. I'm gonna miss you. And that was basically just that. And I was like, adios, motherfucker. You know, like, <laughs> see ya. Uh, no, he's he's a good guy. Learned a lot. I mean, a lot of that shit, a lot of all that shit I did. I mean, it. You're helps. still putting it to work with us uh, too, ton, all the I mean, time. Just teaching you guys how to use heavy equipment. Not like it's hard, but it's like. But you did. You, you taught a lot us of heavy stuff. equipment. I mean, when it comes to the land management side. You've got a lot of experience with how to treat different plants, how to get rid of different weeds, how to manage the water, um, a lot of stuff like that. The knowledge that you learn there, it, it comes through a lot of days. Yeah. No, but yeah, the the Delta show in Arkansas was definitely like, it was an eye opener. Fuck, I barely even knew Grant. I'm pretty sure I had to sleep in the same bed as him that night. Yeah, probably. So I was like, well, yep. This oh, is yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I slept next to the grizzly bear. Oh, yeah. What an episode. But uh, (laughs) that was good. That was fun to get to talk about it, learn about everything, kind of hear a little bit more from your side, Sam, on what it was like to transition to everything. But uh, do catch out for, well, watch out, catch out. Watch out for a new episode sometime here soon with Sam. I'll probably sit down with him, and we'll kind of talk over – just talk over his job and everything he's been doing. But other than that, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. If you want to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, it's just at Whiskey Sluz. Um, other than that, we'll see you all later. Adios.